Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Hello there, and welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show that teaches you to live your very best life. Uh, today's show is, to me, um, a passionate topic, a controversial topic, something that's in the news a lot these days, and as a mother raising a little girl, a topic that really is so important to me. I don't think we talk about it nearly enough, and it's the topic is misogyny. And it's, you know, a lot of people don't even know what misogyny means, and again, it's it's... Uh, discrimination against women and it's very prevalent in our society so if you're listening to the show and you're a female you want to hear this but if you're a male you want to hear this too because maybe you're thinking oh I don't want to hear this female empowerment stuff but I think that misogyny hurts us all because you're fathers too and you're raising little girls and I think that again it's like racism it's anything that hurts someone else is ultimately going to hurt you I right away thought of this topic I thought I got to bring on the infamous and brilliant Georgia Dow, who's been on this show many times, top psychotherapist at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, but an empowered woman and a, a, a feminist and a strong woman. And you were talking before the show about how we met, and I'll let you tell that story in a moment, but you know, you, 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 you exemplify a lot of things I think are so important here. You, you're a working woman, you're a mother of two kids, um, you have many businesses going on. You're a psychotherapist, but you're involved also in um, um, iMore and uh, podcasts about computers, so you've, which is a very male-dominated field. It's a very male-dominated field. Very male-dominated yeah. field. And um, I think that, you know, I'll lead you in on the story how we met, but we had an instant connection when we met. You've been working at the center for years. People have heard you on the show, but it really comes back to, and you said to me, it comes back to our first conversation was about misogyny. So I'll let you tell that, but first, let me just say, thank you so much for coming on and welcome back to Straight Talk, Georgia Dow. Well, thank you so much for having me. I think it's a really important talk. I'm very excited that we're talking about this because um, it's something that we often don't speak about. I think that there's a lot of misogyny that kind of goes uh, under wraps. We don't notice it. Um, there's probably things that I do myself that I'm not really aware of and, and pieces that I'm not helping the cause of helping equality and helping everyone be have a seat at the table to make the world a better place. So well said. And I love that you're saying that you might be doing perpetuating and, and I join you in that. And as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, part of our segments today is going to be some research I've come upon about how women do perpetuate misogyny oh, yeah? because we've like it's in our language and I, yes. I, I'll start off by saying that I remember years ago hearing that you know in music it's no longer okay to you know or not, you're not supposed to use um, these global stereotypical generalizations of and um, derogatory words against racial groups the n-word um, the there's a whole bunch of words for different racial groups it's not tolerated there's like a lot of demonstrations that go on but somehow making comments about women in songs it's like the final frontier. It's still fairly considered fairly normal to call a woman a bitch in a song. And it's fairly, it's a fairly commonplace. Like it's almost become part of our zeitgeist. And that's, that's a problem. 
that's a very big problem. And the article that I read on that was saying that it's almost like the final frontier because as long as it's normalized, it's perpetuated. Yes, and it's okay and popular and then you're cool. And um, I think that that's one of the things that you and I first bonded on. Yeah, tell that story. When we first met. Well, so I... Um, I, I meet Sandra for the first time, uh, one of these, we told the story before, so I won't get into it, but it was this really strange idea of, you know, wanting to rent an office that she did not actually have a rent for. I called her up, we ended up meeting, and uh, what was going to be a, a five-minute meeting, we ended up speaking for like three hours. And one of the things that we really bonded on was that um, you said how there's enough out there for everyone, and that you really believe in a sisterhood and that we should all be there to support each other. And I think that, and, and we'll speak about it a little bit in more detail, but I think that women are also very hard on other women. The people that should be your main allies in you know, helping other women get up to the plate to be able to have a voice mm. and speak up, mm-hmm. we are often the ones that most feel like jealousy or hardship or envy and try to push others down. And so I think that usually when we talk about misogyny, it's usually a- aimed at men and, you know, men often feel like they're going to be male bashed. And I think that actually in a lot of ways, I have felt misogyny more from women than I ever had from men. Yeah. And that's really hard. That's a, a real difficulty. And that's where we bonded at that you were like, you uh, you know, it was wonderful because you're like, no, I, I think that we really need to support each other and talk with each other and help each other out. And how, you know, having a girlfriend is such an important thing to have in your life. And it was very refreshing, and I think it's, it doesn't happen enough. And, you know, I'll, I'll take it one step further, and I, you, you, you said so many nice things and important things in there. Um, that was, like, something like seven years ago, Georgia, when we met. <laughs> I can't believe that. And I'm happy to say that the center, the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, is all women. It's yes. all actually, sorry, that's not true. There's one male working there, uh, but we're mainly women. Yes. And what I wanted is to create, I really wanted the workplace to be sisterhood too. And I, I think it's fair to say that there's none of that kind of cattiness or any of that stuff going on that you were referring to. I will piggyback on your comments about how women can be very tough on each other. It's definitely, a, I have a lot of uh, frustration about that and I, I have things to say. Uh, I will add in here though, that when we research women where this comes from, are women just born catty? The answer is no, they're not. So what's the process? How come women have are turning on each other? And they are. They're turning on each other nonstop. The mothers who stay home tell the mothers that work that they're bad mothers. Mothers who uh, go to work tell mothers that stay home that they're, they're, they have no lives. I mean, we're, we compare ourselves. We do lots of mean things to each other as women. Uh, but this is the part where it does unfortunately trace back a little bit, not just to women. No, it doesn't. It, it's a real cultural phenomenon that we go through. And I, like, if we go all the way back, you can think about tribal villages. So the men went out and they hunted and they brought back food. And the women were all together and trying to learn the social dynamic. And they were fighting among each other for men and for resources and for being taken care of. And so that has kind of perpetuated this women versus women on the hierarchy. And I think it's still very, very prevalent of that feeling that there's only going to be like that one token female on the board of directors. And so we have to fight each other out because um, that could happen that if you're chosen, it will be against me or that, also, I think that in our culture, we're pitted against each other. Yes. Oh, she's so much more beautiful or, wow, well, but she's really smart. So it's not even that it's a level playing field, that we almost yes. feel like that it is 
like, you know, there's 17 people there, but it's me against the other woman. And so now we're going to be the ones that are going to be looked at as which one is better in which ways. And so it's it goes back all the way to our evolution as the way that we formed our societies in certain ways, the way that we formed our societies. But then it's culturally taught through TV mm-hmm. and advertising mm-hmm. and parentage and language and culture. Yeah, well, parenting is a big religion. Factor. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because this also comes back to this idea that um, uh, it's very important for a woman to find a man. Right. Ideally. Very good one. And yes. there's only a limited amount of men. For yeah. a long time, in the world has mm-hmm. been more women than men. Yeah. And parents, it's a scarcity kind of thought that, you know, there's only a certain amount of men, so you better be better than the next woman. Yeah. And it starts this competitive thing, which... Men may not have created this, but the only one who benefits from that is men. It certainly is not good for our young girls, is it? No, and if women fight among themselves, then they're not going to be fighting for power and doing other things. And it was also, when you talk about that, um, oh, you know, women better find a man. I think that that's a really true statement. Yeah. If a man is alone, they just think that he hasn't found the right person or he doesn't want to be in a relationship. And it's okay for a man to be single. If a woman chooses to be single something's wrong then there's something wrong with you why haven't you found someone what's wrong with you and the same thing for children if a woman wants chooses not to have children there must be something wrong with her so there's a lot of different levels where misogyny can hit i hate to say it but even the field of psychology our own field has had its struggle with this um we know that you know the the diagnostic manual that we all Mm. follow as you know in the field of psychology um there's a lot of controversy on the fact you know we respect it but there's a lot of controversy on who is writing that diagnostic manual and the recent what we know is it's white males now i can offer this story that when i was a young intern um many many moons ago but not so many that this should have happened i remember us interviewing a woman in her 30s um she had come in with an anxiety problem this is not at our clinic this is many years ago and in a good assessment you ask their history are you married what's going on how's the marriage she wasn't married she was like late 30s you know, getting towards the end of her childbearing years. And after the patient would leave, there would be discussion about, you know, what's going on, who would be the good match. And I was young and impressionable. And again, we're not talking, unfortunately, that long ago. And at that time, the psychologist and the psychiatrist in the room said, well, she didn't marry and she didn't have kids. So there's, there's got to be something very wrong here. And, you know, that's our field. That's our field. And it wasn't my time. I was an intern. It wasn't my time to say, like, you know, I would have pulled the feminist thing. I would have been yeah. out of there. But it, it is really disturbing. And um, I think that at the beginning of the show, we talked about how women do ourselves buy into this. How many times do you, I know myself, constantly get young women in my office who are, like, obsessed with finding somebody? And that becomes their, we say, raison d'être, like your reason for being. Yes. That's a problem. Like, yes. And why is it a problem? Is it because oh. I just think it's a problem? Like, why is it a problem? No, it, it's such a, because then you're not whole on your own. You need, like for, for women, you are taught that, and it goes all the way back to all of our, our fairy tales, right? Yes. You know, everywhere it was that the main object of the story was she found her prince. One day her she prince will got come. married, mm-hmm. and then that was happily ever after. It wasn't about her own finding what her dreams and thoughts and wants. Yeah. And she wasn't the hero. She was the victim that needed to be saved. Yes. And all of these little unconscious pieces 
create that feeling of women want to be princesses and get married and have kids and you give them dolls and they're going to do Which is nice. Which is nice. It's not the whole story, though. With a variety of other things. Yes, yes. But we end up with this being it. And then you end up feeling that if I'm alone, I on my own am not enough. I am not whole without someone else to make me whole. My status in society has not been fulfilled unless I choose the cultural norm. And that can be really damaging because then you end up kind of forgetting yourself or maybe even being in bad relationships because I don't want to be that person. Oh my God, you're bringing up a lot of good stuff because that is how women end up in bad relationships. Because if you're not whole, then, you know, I probably deserve whatever bad treatment I'm getting. Um, I'm touched also that indirectly you brought the fairy tales because, as you know, I wrote a book on that. Once upon a time, how Cinderella grew up and became a happy, empowered woman because fairy tales and those movies caused, wreaked havoc in my life. I mean, do you remember the uh, Tom Cruise movie where he walks into the room and says you complete me yes. and that seemed like the most romantic thing I had ever heard at the time um, that's a setup for a disaster you complete me suggests you're not complete yes I used to think that was incredibly romantic right it, right. And it caused me a lot of problems in life. And I think that we are talking the year 2017. It's it's a hard to believe. Now, don't misunderstand us. I mean, marriage and kids, we're both married with kids. We, we're believers. We're, we think there's a lot of perks to being married. It's just like you said, there's a lot of other variables. And if marriage is, and this one's for the men too, if marriage is supposed to fulfill me, then wow, there's a lot of responsibility also on your partner. He has to always make you happy. And if he doesn't, you know, I have no responsibility. Like, again, very princess-like. Yes, very Problematic. So. Very problematic. problematic. And whenever there's an outside source that wants to make you feel whole and happy, that's not going to work out, right? That's not going to make you feel good because you have to make you feel good. You don't ever want to lean on someone else. Remember, I love your story about the trees. Can you quickly do the trees thing? Of, oh, oh, that's overrated, the leaning trees. Yeah. Right? I yeah. love the trees. It's, I wish it was mine. You're so sweet. It's 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 young. Carl Young's. He talks about trees in relationships. That So there's... There's trees that are um, very far apart and they never touch, so that would that's not so good because you're like two, you can't really create a partnership like that. And then there's trees that are fused together, which is kind of like you complete me. And the problem with trees being fused together is if the vitamins are being pulled from one tree to another, one of the trees has to die. Right. So a healthy relationship, says Young, is trees that come apart. It's hard to do this on the radio, but apart and come together. That leaves the leaves can intermingle, uh, but they have. Their own trunks. They're, they're on. They stand on their own. On their own. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. That's so important. And you know, I, another thing that really popped up for me last couple of years ago. You know, we do the empowered women, and that we were looking for a clip for our powerpoints. Is did you see that commercial during the Super Bowl, um, where they had the commercial of like, don't I, you run like a girl. Do you remember that, that one? Commercial. It was like really a wake yes. up call for yes. me and my husband. Yes. Because we might have said that comment without even realizing yes. that we're perpetuating a stereotype. What's wrong with that? It's so It was so heartbreaking too because they said that to young girls. said said, um, you know, show me what it's like to, to throw like a girl. And they at, when they were really young, they'd throw strong and hard. Yeah. And then when they hit the teen years, throwing like a girl became, and you could see that that through culture and media and the way that we deal with things, that there was a change in between both of them. And it really broke my heart to then see them, boys and girls at a certain age would then show that as being weak 
and bad at it and sickly when they did it. And it's it's something that that probably, um, you know, I've definitely said, wow, you punched like a girl yeah. before in my, my yeah. life, for but sure. I'm sure you're more cautious about it. Now, I know I yeah. am. Like, ever since that commercial, uh, like, my I, it was good my husband saw it too like that's not a comment we would make anymore but it it's and I guess like a little controversy you know before we take a break is that um, I, the show's not going to be purely political but I guess part I do have to say that the fact that we have somebody and this is going to be controversial but we have somebody running the free world who who has made so many misogynist comments and was voted into office I mean doesn't that just say it's okay to talk like this you know I was looking some stuff up before we came on the show and there's lists and lists of things that he has said like all you have to do is have a good piece of ass next to you and and it's okay to talk that way about women and I think some people might go oh, you're being too sensitive but everybody says that until it's your issue yes and or it's your daughter yep or your mom that's being spoken of like this and I think that we often try to separate from things and and say that we don't want to be sensitive and we don't want to be overly emotional about it. So I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to rock the boat or seem like that woman, right? Which is yeah. another one of those comments That's right. that people do because I don't want to seem like I'm overly emotional or hurt by this. I'm so glad you're here with me, um, Georgia, because I, I knew you'd be the perfect person to have this conversation with. We're going to take a short break. Go, don't go away. We'll teach you some ways that you may be internalizing misogyny in your own household. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com. 
and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Hi, we're back. We've been having a great conversation even on the break. I want to go through a couple of things. And by the way, if you want to join the conversation, you want to make a comment or ask a question, feel free to call in at 1-866-472-5792. Okay, so two things I wanted to get out. And uh, then Georgia has something fascinating to present. Um, present, it sounds like we're doing a conference, but, you know, <laughs> she's, she's going to tell you some interesting stuff because I also want people to realize and how, to, how do we change the world, not just mm. vent and complain about it. So a couple of things I wanted to say is my comments about the, um, uh, you know, the leader of the free world, why this is disturbing to me is I was even saying to our producer on the break is that if the president were to make uh, a comment using the N word, for example, like that would be a like a disaster. And our race relations in, in the United States are far from ideal. But he would not be allowed to say a comment with the N-word, but yet he's been allowed to make many, many comments, and it's tolerated, that are subjugation of women. So, again, there is something in our society that women are still at the bottom of the heap. So, I just want to finish this thought about how we as women perpetuate it. So, listen to these comments, Georgia. Women say these comments. And by the way, I just should also throw out that we see a preponderance of eating disorders. They're not going down more than ever of young girls trying to, anyways, okay, so we'll tie it all together. I'm not like other girls. People, girls say that, and that's yeah. supposedly a good thing. Yes. I'm not like other girls yes. means girls are bad. Yes. And I'm proud because I'm not like girls. Yes. Another one I hear all the time is I'd rather hang out with boys than girls. Girls are so much drama. Okay. Yes. So people listening might say, well, what's wrong with that? Girls are so much drama. What's wrong with it? Because it's, it's a stereotype, right? You never would never, if you would not say that about any other race. <clears throat> so a great way to see is this being misogynistic or wrong would be replace that with um, Asian people or black people or something else to that. If that makes you go, oh, I would never say that, then you shouldn't have women in that place either. So, you know, that that's a really easy way as a litmus test to say, is what I'm saying really stereotyping women? Exactly. That, and that's the question. And even saying when we say things like, um, you know, I was reading an article on this, is when we say things like, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a guy. You know, we've yeah. had this kind of oh, conversation. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, a bit yeah, of a guy. Yeah. Okay, because again, guys are cool. Yes, yes. Women are I not cool. We're history. That one. Well, many of us yes, are. Yes, We're histrionic. Yeah. We're histrionic. We're problematic. And I think that we don't even realize we're saying that we're putting down our own people. Yes. We're our own people. So women listening, this is our issue. And there's one more that I read. I can't find it now, but it was something along the lines as uh, real women have curves. That was interesting. It sounds like it's okay because it sounds like the overweight population is saying it's okay to have curves. But what about women who don't have curves? Yes, exactly. They're not real women then. That's a problem. Yes. That's a problem. And even the word hysterical. Mm-hmm. 
is a word that came from a misogynistic place, right? Okay, so who cares? Georgia, who cares if people are misogynist? Why should we care about this? People are listening. Who cares? That's the way it is. It's always been that way. What's the big deal? Well, it would be the same thing that would be um, equality with people that are different colors and other diversity and people that are blind and dealing with that is that we need to bring our culture and society is strongest when we are all we all have a piece at the table. Diversity. I love that piece at the table. Say more. Amen. It's it's true. What's we, a piece at the table? What does we, that mean? If we have if everyone has a seat at the table, we all see the world from one different angle. And so diversity builds strength. If you know you have a different perspective and you say, you know what, well what about this? This builds strength for companies, the American Psychological Association. For for different ways of which to look at things. So it shouldn't if just you're be white advertising, men. no, if you're advertising and you're advertising something to women and there are no women there. You may be missing something that only a woman might understand. Yeah. If you have a product and there's a, a lot, you know, you've never had it advertised, maybe someone blind would say, you know what, could we fix this one little tiny thing and this would really be helpful to us. But without asking for someone to ha- be allowed to have that voice, you're going to be missing a whole bunch of the world because you've only seen it from your perspective. And if you are, you know, a white male, the world is very different than if you are a bla- black female. Oh, yes. It's just a different part of the world. You may not see it because you only know if you've walked in someone else's shoes. And so yeah. I think that, that that's something really important. And I think that that's also another piece is that for feminism, I think that a lot of black women and um, other women of diverse different places have felt that they have not really been part of that the, the feminist group. And so I think that you also sometimes need to to stop speaking so that someone else may speak. Yeah, it's you know it's it, it's so important what you're saying, and it's it's I think the having a place at the table, you know, and I brought up the American Psychological Association as one example. It's extremely important because people culture is a factor in mental yes. illness. Yes, in some cultures. Uh, having hallucinations is a sign of brilliance. Yes, yes. But yes. Shamanism. Yes, yes. And we're not considering different ways of looking at things. And again, I think that uh, the other piece of this is I think that, you know, we saw this at the clinic and we've seen this and when we met, that women can support each other. We are capable of doing that. You just have to create an environment where there's safety and there's no... You don't foster competition in women. If you foster competition and insecurity in any people, you're going to see the darkest side of them. Yes. And so we're set up a little bit is we'll put a whole bunch of women. And I hear men say, sometimes men, sometimes women saying, oh, there's a whole bunch of women. We turn on each other. But sometimes their competition's being fostered. Yes, exactly. And and for the enjoyment of other, I I do um, a show, a podcast, and it's a... A podcast uh, with women. It's a you know about diversity and, and a lot of diverse issues, and we we talk about some very heavy issues. And I remember getting from a very another very prominent person in the pod podcast dist- industry to say, you know, uh, be careful for this other woman colleague that you have. She's going to try to you you know trying to build competition. You're, she's going to try to take your position, and you have to do this. And I said, I said, you know what? I wish the best for her. She's brilliant and smart. And I don't have to worry. I like as Isn't you say, enough? there's enough pie for us all. That she's brilliant does not make me any less brilliant. 
she's just brilliant and I can learn and enjoy and reap the benefits of being with someone that's brilliant. Okay, so this brings up, before we go into the test, this brings up a strategy for women too. Is This is some of the takeaway, how do you change the world? We're always onto that. Is that women, even if insecurity is being fostered or competitiveness, which ideally in your workplace isn't being done, but even if it's there, subtly or otherwise, you don't have to buy into the fact that there's not enough for everyone. I mean, you're pretty alpha female. You know, that's again an expression, alpha female meaning you're a powerhouse as far as I'm concerned I but you are she's smiling but you are and I'm you know most people would say I'm a powerhouse too and she's nodding um we work very closely together it could be a recipe for a disaster yes we have a business together yes and there's enough room for both of us to shine and why can't there be so I think that's something we have to start off with you're so right and if if you shine more it helps me shine. That's right. And but you have to buy into that. You have that's to bu- something that has to be taught to, your to our little girls. Yes. That having someone else be smart or wonderful or brilliant does not make your light any more dim. Right? Very good. Lengthen your own lines. And, and the other part of that is you don't need to ever dim your light also. Oh, I like that's that. That's the other part. You don't need to dim your light, you know, to be said. more feminine or whatever. Don't dim your light. And yes, if someone else, you know what? I love hanging around with people who have a lot of light on them. Yes. It's it's great learning. Yes. Georgia, what's a best bestel test? What <laughs> I love this. That? I love this. This is something that's really interesting. And it this goes a little bit into media and culture and advertising what we already fight for. So this was a test that was invented by Alison Bestel, who um, runs a comic strip. And she said that, you know, how many movies does do two female actresses in the movie, or there are there even two female actresses, right? It used to be that whoever had a boardroom or that it was like there might be one, the one token female. Um, but when two women are speaking to each other and it is not about a man. Wow. So how often does that happen where two men, women are talking to each other and it is not about a male. Now, it doesn't even have to be about sex. I'm not talking about sex in the city. I'm talking about this could even be about Bobby went and did this, where their entire dialogue to each other is about, you know, to, to support in support of a male. And so that started and people then started to look up movies to see, does it pass the Bechdel test. Interesting. And so I would love for everyone, when you watch a movie, ask yourself. Does it pass the Bechdel? Does it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought I had one. I was all excited. The, I thought I had fried green tomatoes, but I realized that there was a male dynamic because they were trying to get away from an abusive husband. So there was but still that. They, they, as long as they have a Did conversation. You see that movie? Oh, I love that movie. Was that not a great a female great movie? Great movie, and I think that that might well pass movie about it. females. I don't mean women, a great yes. only for females. No, 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 no. Now being all paranoid. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, and I would, just, I, I don't know. I would love for someone to comment actually if it passed. I believe that that one would pass because it doesn't have to be that they That's never the one talk about men. It has to be that they have. Um, Thelma and Louise would also pass that test. But then let's talk about movies where there's lots of men in it. And so now people that are writing movies are thinking about this. Okay. Yeah. It's really great, this information. I, I find it so fascinating. It's another subtlety, though. If I think psychologically, if, in fact, the majority of movies are women talking about men, again, yeah. it perpetuates into purpose? our society. What is your purpose? Yeah. So, you know, again, our, our, you know, those fairy tales again. Yes. I've noticed that with my daughter. The I don't know if you've ever seen the Barbie movies. They're quite like empowering. The women are all like, like you, actually. They're doing... Um, um, 
karate? Uh, jiu-jitsu and they're strong empowered women and she watches those and I get like I like that when I see that but I think we have to be careful what our little girls are watching because like it can't be always this idea of relying on a man and these movies that perpetuated and Barbies are also really beautiful I have to say the Barbie thing just bothers me and that's just for media altogether British British and, and, and European movies have much more diverse set of looks yeah versus um, American movies, and even when I watched um, The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, oh, yeah. the American version, they're beautiful uh, versus the British version, and they're okay looking. But they're not, it's not that same perpetuated beauty that you have to be beautiful and well, that this, you can't be an elderly woman in a movie anymore, right? That 40, they used to say that if you're 40 and an actress, there's no more acting to that. And that's horrible. So I love um, Mad Max. I, I love... Did you see the, the Fury? Fury? No, Road? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's such a good movie about female empowerment. There's older women and they're fighting and it's just, it's... It's it's a it's not like you know this is not a deep movie, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> There's some scenes there, but it's it's great. It's about women helping women. I don't... I want to find out, does it pass the Bechdel test? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that we have to look... I think you're putting another thing on the list because the Barbie movies, for me, at least there was this issue of um, female empowerment, but it's true, they are very pretty. And um, I think that that brings up, we're going into the fact that if you don't fit into the stereotype of what a beautiful woman is, that's another big issue. Um, and I think we're you know, we're seeing body shaming more and more at the clinic. We're seeing eating disorders more and more at the clinic. Uh, what is the relationship, Georgia, between an eating disorder and uh, misogyny? Is there uh, a relationship? I think that a lot of that, yes, for sure. Well, one is is the, the look to it. Um, you know, that, that, you know, women care so much about their looks and if they don't look beautiful, they have no value. That's a big one. I think also the validation, also the, the feeling of like now when we have so much Photoshopped everything and it's, it puts a lot of pressure on that that's who I am. My value is in my appearance or in what I have or in who I'm in. And I think that it also in your own family dynamics, if you have a parent that does not value you, and this could be either parent, that does not value you for who you are, but thinks that you are going to be lesser because you are a woman, you will also, your your entire barometer, right, of, of who you are as a woman is, is dealt with by, you know, what does your parent think of you? Yeah. What can you accomplish? Right? Yeah, and, and this is fairly new, too, because, like, it's a new world that we're right. learning this. And I'm curious what your thoughts would be on the fact that, um, you, you know, we're talking about how women have to stop talking negatively about women. And what do you do also if you're in an environment and somebody, maybe a work environment, maybe not, and like a comment was made, I remember we were at the Empowered Woman uh, Workshop, we just came back, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a very nice gentleman talking to us in the steam room. They were really nice guys. And at one point, they were joking, but they compared a bunch of women to a bunch of screaming cats and one of our participants was very offended by that or like he said it he said it jokingly and you know I wonder it's a bit like you know when people make a racist joke like what do you do do you go ha 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 or do you walk away from it I personally feel that if you stay in a racist joke environment you're part of it I didn't even pick up on he went like something like you're gaggling you're all gaggling like a bunch of screaming cats and there was a, someone on the trip who said he they seemed nice until they said that comment that I wasn't comfortable with that. 
you know, but people might feel a little uncomfortable to say that's rude because, you know, it's just a joke. What what are your thoughts on this? It's hard because I think that it's such a part of our culture that often someone might make a comment that that is like that one could have been that, you know, he's just, you know, not saying it about women. He would have said it by men if they were, you know, teenage boys and having fun too. And so it's really difficult. And I don't think that people should feel like they're walking on eggshells. But I do think that you have a right to be able to say, you know, something to, you know, well, you know, and, and what, what are you guys like when you're hanging out or something that people yeah. kind of can look and then gauge what's happening to here. Because right. I think that in a lot of cases, sometimes people, like I might say the, you know, well, you know, I'm like, you know, uh, tough like a boy or something like that can come out because it's such a habit unconsciously. Right. And it's not sad, eh? It's, it's, it's sad, but it's great that we're now being conscious to that. But I, I think that if you come off very, very harshly to someone that did not mean in a bad way, you could turn other people off from a side that you want to pull them into. Right. You want to help make people aware if they did not mean to. There's other cases where, you know, you've had people and you've probably had this, right? You ever had someone at a dinner or a restaurant that you know is trying to make you annoyed or hurt or upset on purpose? Have you ever been in that? Now that I find very irksome. That bothers me. If someone says it and I don't think that they meant it and it might be an off color, I might just try to educate them or let them know that that might be not the right way to do it. But what do you do when someone, and I'll ask you, what do you do when you think that someone is saying, um, like, oh, women can't do that just to get your goat? Wow. Okay. Well, I'll start it and I'll have to cliffhanger a little bit because we're about to go to commercial. But um, I, you know, I have to say like, it depends what the situation is, but um, it's difficult because if they're trying to get my goat, I'm like, I'd be, I'd I'd have a tendency to fight back. Like I wouldn't like it. Like uh, that's just what women do. I'd be extremely offended. But before I sound all cool about this, and this is where the cliffhanger comes in, I have been in a situation where um, a work situation where I've, you know, there was like a building situation where I talk about another woman in the building. There's a conflict between uh, a building conflict, which has nothing to do with femaleness. I had to go to a male boss. Yeah. And the male boss said, well, that's because you women turn on each other. So we'll we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. And I'll let's talk about what do you do in a situation like that. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. 
We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back with Straight Talk. We left on a bit of a cliffhanger. This issue of you're in a work situation, you go to, you're having a problem, let's say with a coworker, someone in the building, whatever. You go to your male boss and you say, I'm having a problem with this person. You don't bring up any disparaging comments about their gender because there's nothing to say that you're having a problem with the person. And your male boss turns around and says, well, that's because women can be so bitchy to each other. What do you do? that's a therapist thing they, they switch it around and suddenly it becomes that okay she's a therapist <laughs> okay I'll, I'll give you my two ones so whenever someone some, i have two different different kind of ways to it um one's more funny one's more biting and one i just kind of let it go because sometimes you want to fight sometimes you don't want to fight if you don't and you're not going to change any someone i'm not going to let them think that it gets bought that's bothered. right i'm not giving them what they want if they're actually searching for it, it's not happening if I think that they, they're trying to get a little bit of a dig at me, I dig back. Like, I'm like, oh, you want to play? Let's play. So I might be something like, you know, I might shoot back a, a snide little tiny comment about like. something about them and be like, you know, please, let's not talk about you men. We don't need to get into any fist fights, though, at least, you know? <laughs> or how many wars did women start? Or maybe I would do it a little Ooh, bit more I like funny. That. I might do it a little bit funny, funnier, like being like, oh, you better tuck in your shirt. Your misogyny is showing. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like it a lot. You better tuck in your shirt. Your misogyny is showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, just a little cute. Just kind of a little thing. And to remind them that you didn't appreciate that comment in a QA. Just a little, like, if you want to battle, we battle. Yeah. Right? And that that is, um, for men... Um, especially, but also for any time that someone's kind of trying to tease or bully you, a little bit of a shot back, then we respect each other. We're like, okay, we'll go back to our final corners. And that's cool. I can't do that with you. Um, What's the other one? You so, said two one. Or I'd be funny. So one of them is more of a dig back. So I'd be like, you know, like, what about, you know, this? Like something that would be about them or, 
you know, something that they could kind of take a look at it from a different angle, or I would use humor to that. And then the other one would be that I, I just don't play. I would just ignore it completely to that and just be like, walk away so that I'm not engaging in this conversation. How far would you take it? Like, you know, it's, I, there have been, you know, I worked in a bar for many years, yeah. you know, different population and there have been comments. I've seen men make comments to women where like, you know, you seem a little cranky. It's, is it that time of your month? Right. Dear, like that yeah. would be really offensive to me. You see that one, I would probably probably say specifically and you're single why you know <laughs> what if they're um, not single though so you'd be like your poor your poor girlfriends right yeah. like I, or I would, might show sympathy or I might say like that must be really hard for you yeah and they would say what do you mean and I'd be like well being you with that type of a feeling towards women must be really hard so I might go a different way to that I think that it would all depend on the person and and what is with it and sometimes I choose and, and I think that this might not always work, but sometimes you know that it's like a family member and it's going to become something very negative. Yeah. You don't have to always fight. And I think that that's something that that's many, point. many um, women that consider themselves feminists might feel upset if someone else does not always say something. And I think that that's sometimes how I you... felt with the gaggling cats. I felt like I felt like it was a, a bit of a dumb comment. Yeah. I didn't feel it was a misogynist comment. No, and you know when you feel the been. difference, you yeah. know, is it, you can kind of feel when someone's coming after yeah. you or not. Yeah. And yeah. and you don't always have to fight. No, I think that fighting that doesn't always exhausting. work. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes women can can get upset over something that was out of an act of kindness, you want to kind of feel the intention to yeah. it. If I'm not sure that the intention was not mal, um, then I, I don't think that you being really harsh or angry, it might do more harm than good because in the end, how do we get back to it? We have to all be on the same page. Men and women and, and children and people with disabilities and people of all, we want to all be in the same area and working together. And so, so we want everyone on each team. So, you know... But what gonna, do you think about those? What What do you think about that? I, you know, again, I, I'm the kind of person... I, th- I think I agree because I think that, that if... I, I have seen people make sexist, racist, all sorts of inappropriate comments yeah. and not... Like, believe it or not, and not that I believe intentions are good enough because the road to hell is paved with... Uh, good intentions. Good intentions. <laughs> yeah. But I do believe intention is a factor and if someone's like ignorant it's different than if someone's um you know malevolent it's a different ballgame so i quite agree with you i've seen even people of color um you know kind of like roll their eyes but not get really triggered i think that being angry and on guard all the time is a dangerous way to be yes um i think though I'd add on, and you know, I've seen you put this on your Twitter, and I'm a big fan of that poem that was written so many years ago about first they came for the, uh, I don't know, the Arabs, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't Arab, then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew, then they came for the Greeks, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Greek, and then they came for the Gypsies, and I didn't speak up because I was a Gypsy, and then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak up for me. I think that there's a, on the other hand, there's a collective responsibility, so I was about to ask you, if if this is something in your office that you bring up to your patients, because I'll volunteer to you that I do. What I do is I notice a lot of women self-deprecate and put down their own womanness. Yes. And I do say to them, oh my God, you're being misogynist to yourself. They're they're subjugating themselves to a category. And I will point it out, not in any kind of aggressive or fighting way, yeah. but like, be careful what you're saying, because if you make it okay yes. to put down your own group, then we can't be annoyed when other people do. Yes. 
I, I don't like that in race either. I don't like when people like think it's cool to put down their own race. I don't think it's cool no. because I think, I mean, you have permission to do whatever you want, but then the rest of the world thinks it's okay to do it too. And you're, you're, you're feeding a, a pond of things. And then what happens with your children and every, every other when piece who's to it, yeah. because they're also feeding to that. I, um, there's a, a movement called uh, Gamergate. This is really controversial, but we might as well go there. And they were um, upset. It's not about, uh, ethics and journalism though they say that but it's really about women having women characters in video games and movies and that it's a change and sometimes people are afraid of change and that's scary and so the society changes and we talk about anxiety and fear and that is about change in the unknown and so I they, they talk about how why do women need to have women characters in video games and people of color in video games and that's not really that important and you know there were very few women characters playing video games and it was very interesting because I was watching my boys play a video game uh, where it's a male a main female character and the way they were speaking about her was wow she's so strong isn't she uh, smart and I'm getting a little uh, teary thinking about it because I'm like that's why it's important yeah oh I get that. I really get that. Because it's changing how they see women. Because here it is, this character. So if all of your heroes are only male, then who are you? And that's the same thing for dolls when they only had like white dolls. Then who are you? How do you identify yourself? I'm not the mermaid. I'm not this. Where am I in this? Where do I fit in? Right? And, And that can be really hard. I remember watching a lot of TV shows when I look back on the 80s and seeing the roles and the way that they dealt with ethnicity. And it is horrible to see, you know, the white males in, and there's nothing wrong with white males being in places of power, but let's all share a piece at the table. And um, the people that are different ethnicities, ethnic groups were the people committing crimes and the women were the one that were serving the men coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so happy that we have gone beyond this. Well, beyond, but it's our children. Yeah, it really does. And we does. need to keep moving. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, we I guess that's really why I wanted to do the show is, we, you know, uh, not to be cliched, but we have a long, long way to go. Yes. Uh, we're still living in a society where, you know, we still, and this brings up a psychological question, so I won't even ramble about it, is the psychological question is what's keeping people from allowing somebody to have a, a place at the table? And you know that we're going to arrive at the word fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And what does it come down to? If we allow women and people of ethnicity for to have a place, piece at or a place at the table, why is that a threat to some people? Because that's a really big topic in North America these days. Why is that such a threat? And I say it's fear. I I think it's fear. I think it's also greed. If you're there's you know p- other people at the table, then where maybe I won't have a place. So at it's the scarcity table. again. Scarcity. Yes. And uh, I think it's power. Power. So if I make the rules about, you know, me, I can make sure that I am protected. Other people are going to protect me that I might get less protection to this. Or, you know, you want more pay. I have less money now because you wanted this. It was much better when I got all of it. And you could just take the pittance and we're just so happy that you had a job. Um, it, it changes everything. And I think that that does make for more even playing field, but a more even playing field for the people that were having most of the playing field seems like just losing of things. Right. So in talking about this, you know, what we really arrive at is 
if misogyny, if the antidote to misogyny or part of the antidote is feminism, feminism also fits into the category with racism mm-hmm. and subjugation of all people. And again, the fact that we're on one topic today, misogyny, but anytime we're keeping a group down, in a way, we're just, we're not evolving as a people. And you and I, quite frankly, have in the Soralgat teary-eyed, we've dedicated our lives to helping people evolve. Yes. And that's why the show and you coming on is so meaningful to me. I really, you know, I'm, I, I really wanted to do it with you because it's a problem. It's a really, really big problem. And I've always believed since I was a young child, and I know we share this in common, that we are put on this earth to evolve, not to stay the same. Very and we've well got said. to allow everyone at that table. It yes. hurts all of us. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes, it's fear-based. It's just fear-based. And it comes back to our first meeting. Is there enough for everybody? And unfortunately, when the clinic was open, we had things happen that people were not happy for us. Yes. Unfortunately, fear still permeates people to think that there's not going to be enough. And we're hurting a lot of people. Yes. So how do we change the world? I mean, it's one person at a time. Um, We're trying to do it in psychology, but people listening, you know, what can be the takeaway today? How can people bring this to their lives and their families? And how do we make it better? Well, I think that education is a really big deal. I think that we need to start, um, if possible, also not just from the ground up, but from the top down. I think that we should monitor the way that we say things. I think that we should um, invite other people to join us in in dialogue, in discussion, in our hiring practices. We also, companies will usually hire people that remind them of themselves, oh. which makes for a very you know, non-diverse group. And that could be women. Women might only hire women too. You might want to say, <laughs> say, well, we have a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. But we women. might want to say that, you know, we, we feel comfortable with the people that are like us, but that's, we want to not stay away from tribalism and go for diverse and different and try something new. And that can be scary, but that's how change really happens. Yeah, that's wonderful, Georgia. And I, you know, I would add one more to that is, to be curious about people Ooh, I like of a different that. culture. Be I very like curious, that. you know. It's it's fascinating to find out. Instead of being afraid of people who are different than you, and let's let's find out more. You know, there's a lot to learn from women, and quite frankly, there's a lot to learn from men too. Yes. And yes. let's be curious about each other. And you know what? You could use that also if you're dealing with someone that's misogynistic. You could say, wow, you know, that's, you know, how why, why do you feel that way? What happened in your life? And maybe they have a reason for it that you would go have sympathy for, not just anger towards or maybe they would be able to you know using a Socratean kind of arguments they could maybe even come around to well I don't really feel this way as much as I did before and maybe they'll think a little bit twice once it's been analyzed because often our biases we don't even know we have well that's is you know you're touching me now because that speaks to uh, my late mother's statement that she used to say that a person who's a person without conviction is not a person (laughs) and I'm touched by that because it means you have to have conviction on this and sometimes you have to speak up and sometimes you have to gently like you did with your charm Georgia is you know with jokes or whatever but to you know maybe when people think about it and luckily as therapists we get a chance to do that every day and uh, we're we're very lucky. Very lucky. We're extremely lucky. And yeah. I'm very lucky because I got you on this very important show. And we were talking on the break about doing an interesting series coming up in the summer. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. Georgia, if people want to find you, how do they find you? Thank you so much for coming back. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you can check out Twitter. It's uh, 
Georgia at Georgia underscore Dow, and also there's anxiety videos. Oh, what are anxiety videos? Well, we have a video series that we talk about all kinds of subjects like this: anxiety, depression, parenting, boundaries, consequences, sleep issues, uh, and you can check it out. That's anxiety-videos.com. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show this week. And every week, I invite you to come back and continue on next week. Uh, If you want more information about anything we talked about on the show, the retreats, therapy, anxiety videos, it's all on helpforanxietydepression.com. We also have free gifts on straighttalksandareach.com. Just add the forward slash free gifts, sorry, radio gifts, and you'll receive all sorts of nice gifts. You can listen to this show anytime on straighttalksandareach.com, on the podcast app of your iPhone, and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich and feel free to drop me a comment or question at info at help for anxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reich and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich and keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and will tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.